Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. As a way of a quick review, can somebody just... So, I mean, it's Wednesday night. It's a look. Tell me what you remember from last week. Just two or three things. What about it? Huh? You asked for it. So, raise your hand if you remember to ask for wisdom in your prayer time more than once. <laughs> okay, good. Raise your hand if you feel like you received instruction, guidance, or blessing that preceded that. Get the mic. Come on. You want to tell me? Can you tell me about it? Can you testify or no? Yeah. Hand me the mic, Zoe. You got her, Andy? Okay, good. All right. Let me hear it. We... Um there's some stuff going on at my job and I've been praying about it and praying about it and an opportunity from a, a Christian friend came um, unexpectedly after a really, really intense prayer session all weekend long pretty much. Um, I got a phone call on Monday morning and I'm going to have some new opportunities that God is... Um, leading and guiding and he's giving me the wisdom to make good things happen for our family for this church family so it's been amazing praise god thank you anybody else a testimony for, come on uh, uh is that that's not Annie. that's um suzette come on suzette suzette i know you got to preach in you just a testimony because i know you got to preach I'm going to get you over in the center a little more so the camera can get you. Thank you. That light is bright. Um, I did not start praying for wisdom till two years ago. And I was telling my son, we were watching some Christian cartoon, and the king, I can't remember his name in the Old Testament, how old is he, eight years old or something? And I said, well, if an eight-year-old has wisdom, I started praying for wisdom, for telling my son you have to pray for wisdom. So I thought, oh, I am so old to be starting to do this. But then I forgot until last week. And Pastor James said that, and I put a timer on my phone that says wisdom, and it goes off at 612 every morning since last week. And I feel like crying because it, it's free. And just in this last week, it has helped me unbelievable as a parent and as a wife because I see it and I hit snooze and then I look at it again and I say give me wisdom and I name each one of my kids and then I name my husband and then at work and so thank you Pastor James <laughs> it is um I just I was driving yesterday and I thought I cannot believe this is free and it's taken me so long to keep doing it and um but it really works so praise the Lord and thank you Pastor James come on now good is there one more before I just move on come on up sister Make me a, 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 a. Good evening. 
So, um, so basically, he was going to hold that mic. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> uh, there have been several who approach me on my job because um, there are those who are professing Christianity, and they see that there's a difference in me you know, concerning that. So I've been praying to God for wisdom on how to see someone where they are and give me what it is they're needing in that particular moment. And uh, it's been going on, and there was an incident that happened today where um, one of the guys was having a really, really rough time and go. And uh, I just kind of began to share with him about um, saying these three things. I'm going to have a good day. I'm going to have a great day. It's going to be an amazing day. Because you determine how your day is going to go, but at the same time, allow God to shape your day. And he was like, okay, that, that's kind of hard. I said, yeah, because you're doing it in your own strength. Yeah, it is difficult. When you allow God to do it, it makes a difference. And he said that he's going to try it and just see how it goes. And he said, and I'll be kind of giving you an update on what happens from there. And I was like, okay. <laughs> awesome. Okay, Andy, I need you this, my reader. You got the mic, so get the Bible. Go to Proverbs nine. We went. We went to Proverbs eight. Now we'll go to. Uh, we'll go Proverbs nine. My mother, when I was growing up, she had a lot of sayings. You know, uh, they're popular. Like you are what you eat. You become what you watch. You know. But I easily dismiss things that my mother said very often, simply because. I ate fries and I didn't become a potato. The, the thing is, sometimes sayings uh, are kind of mythological or, or, or they're, they're, they're so extra normal, you can just dismiss them. So in the same way, my mom would tell me, don't go out there and be a fool. Don't act a fool. Don't play the fool. Don't be foolish. Don't hang with fools. All, I mean, just, just all the time. And obviously, being foolish is fun. Hanging with fools is even more fun. Living on the edge is great. And my, my mom said, you're starting to become like the fools you hang around. And I said, well, mom. And uh, she said, if you don't change, she says, life is going to slap you in the face. And I didn't, I didn't like that, but I did not change. And one day, uh, my grandmother had invited all the grandkids who wanted to stay over for the night to stay over with her. And everybody said yes, and I said yes. And then she privately went to my mother and told her mother I couldn't stay. And my mother told me to just come with her. We talk about it later. We got in the car. She said, remember I told you that life would slap you in the face? Well, it's slapping you right now because she said you do too much foolishness to be able to stay in her house. Today, as we go through the text, there's a stark contrast between the foolish and the wise, but the contrast exists because humans need to constantly be reminded when they're being foolish and when they're being wise. And if you're not taking advantage of all that wisdom has for you, really, you are a... 
I never called you that. And that's what you said about yourself. And I just want you to know that. All right. So we're going to go a few places, Andy, and get ready. Um, Y'all pray my iPad don't die. It's like it. Some crazy percentages here. You know what? I could turn the light down, couldn't I? There you go. Holy Ghost told me that. Okay, here we go. Proverbs 9. It's only 15 verses. Verse 1. Ready? Read. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. Okay, let's just stop. Wisdom in the first week was almost following you wherever you went. Remember, wisdom was there at the crossroads. It was there at the entrance of the cities, at the portals. At every place you were, wisdom kind of showed up saying, I've got something to say. In this particular proverb, wisdom is saying, you know I built a house. You know I've got some stuff that doesn't just have to be available to you when you're going through life. I'm actually giving you an invitation to move in with me. Let me tell you, I've got my seven pillar. My house is big. I got great capacity. I got great support. I got great protection. And I got great prosperity. And I'm, and I'm bragging about how it is. And I've got a meal prepared especially for you. What you're saying is, you're not going to have to wait on something to be done. From the moment you walk into my house, I've got something for you. I asked you earlier, I said, had you been praying for wisdom? You said you've been praying for wisdom. I said, have you been seeing the results that wisdom brings? I don't believe in just praying. I don't believe in just asking. I believe in receiving the answers to your prayer. If there's no expectation, there'll be no demonstration. If you're not expecting God to do anything, he won't be doing anything because you're canceling out your prayers with your lack of faith, with your lack of trust, and not being in a receiving posture. If you ask for wisdom, the Bible said you receive wisdom because he will not hold it back. Now you got an invitation to go into wisdom's house. And he said, and I have mixed my wine. Now this will give you the understanding maybe Jesus likes a party. It almost could be confusing. Maybe Jesus won't get drunk with me. Is the Lord, what is wisdom saying? You know, come out and hang out, have a party. No, let's just break this down. Let's just I thought this would be fun, this little, little detour I'm going to have on wine. No, I, I'm about to talk about wine, but I just want to say in, in the beginning, no, it is not wrong to drink, but there's a truth here I want you to show. No, it's not wrong to drink. I'm going to say that again. It's not wrong to drink alcoholic beverages. We do know that it's sinful to, to get drunk and just go and black out and all that kind of stuff. We, we know that. And even though I'm not a drinker, I'm giving you a principle that God showed me. That wisdom is trying. When wisdom says, I mix my drink, I mix the wine, it's not talking about a mixed drink. Because when Jesus was here, they're, they're talking about mixing with water. The only other biblical context is to mix with spice. So usually when, when Jesus drank, what the theologians and those that study would say that it was three parts water, one part wine. 
It was diluted. In the Jewish community, it was an offense to have wine that was too strong. So, so, so here it is that he, he said, I've got it prepared. This is not a, a party. This is something that is just right for you. I don't want you to look at that scripture and, and think that, uh, that yeah, yeah he, he, he wants us to go for it now. No, and I want you to also, but because alcohol has been tricking people. Uh, I, I, I was trained in social work, social services. I've done it all the time. The, the, there's a lot of drugs out there, but the leading drug by far is alcohol. It's, it's not even close. It's not close. And it's an easy access and it's an easy thing to abuse. It doesn't mean you can't have it. You know, I'm probably a person who abuses food. I have to be really disciplined not to abuse food. I, I, I can't go back for a second plate. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I have to limit myself. Everybody can abuse something. So just because I'm, 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 I'm singling out this particular thing for reasons that the Lord gave me, doesn't mean you can't uh, abuse something. But wisdom is offering us something different, something diluted. Go to Proverbs 23, 29. This is what wisdom is trying to teach you. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of the eye? Those who tarry long over wine. Those who do not, uh, who go to try mixed wine. Now, now they're talking about something that's a modern day strong drink. Do not look on the wine when it's red, when it's sparkling, when it's cup, when it goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. Your eyes will see strange things. Your heart utter perverse things. You will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea, like one who lies on the top of the mast. They struck me, you will say, but I was not hurt. They beat me, but I did not feel it. When I awake, I must have another drink. You see, the world is constantly offering this concept of happy hour, of a numbing hour, of, of here's what you do to, that is a legal way of self-medication and getting away from what ails you. But when you come into wisdom's house, it will always not tell you just not what to do, but what you can do. I didn't like when I was growing up when my mom told me, you just don't do this. Well, tell me what the alternative is. Tell me what, what I really have access to. Ephesians 5 and 18 says, do not be drunk with wine, for there is debauchery, but be being filled with the Spirit. This is where I, I, I just wanted to take a quick stop. I'm finding that online, there is a celebration of inebriation or lack of sobriety is being celebrated as, you know, how you should celebrate everything. But here is God's giving us wisdom that says, don't, don't that, again, it's the drunken part. It is not the drinking part. I'm probably going to just come to church with a guy so people are going to know it. It's not wrong. It's just not, a, I can't go too far. Okay, so, but what am I saying? 
But, I, but the bigger challenge I have is, why aren't we doing the second part of what's available? He said, don't be drunk with wine, but be being filled with the Spirit. Why is that a moment in church once or twice a year where we'll have some type of deep spiritual expression instead of a constant availability of God to pour out his spirit on you so that you can be drunk in the spirit or so full of his word, so full of his wisdom, so full of his will, so full of his way that all you can do is stumble in the right direction instead of falling in the wrong direction. God wants to fill you up. The Bible says don't, he says, he says those that are full of the spirit are led of the spirit. And when you're led of the spirit, you get to walk in the spirit. If you want to know how to walk, you need to be full of God's spirit and God will give you the wisdom that you need to live and to function. When he's prepared a table and a meal and wine for you, it is not to lose your mind, it's to gain your mind. And, and when the world is offering you an escape, don't choose it. Choose wisdom. Because then wisdom will say, you should enjoy wine in moderation. You should enjoy that at your celebrations, but you don't want it to become something that, that can hurt you. I can't tell you the number of things in my life and in my family's life that we allow excess to affect our health. Me, in my family, the things. So part of people, if you have things like that in your, in your background, Part of the reason I don't drink has nothing to do with if I think it's wrong. It's because in my background, people get lit. And they they go, they go, they go off. They get lit. And you know, if you've been around some people who who can drink real good, they're the funniest, most fun people to be around. You almost feel bad sometimes if you've been around somebody that's really, really having a good time. Read, Andy. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Whoever is simple, that means, that word simple means open-minded. If you're simple and you're, you're, if you're just open to what God has, then he'll help you and he'll invite you in. The, the scripture says, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. He said, come, all you who are weary and heavy laden uh, with, with sins. He says, cast your cares upon him. God wants a personal relationship. He wants a, a, a interaction with you. He's inviting you into it. He has a home. He has a word. And the question to us tonight is, are we going to let him in? Now, I sometimes have said I want God and I want his wisdom and I want his word, but all of my actions say something else. What does your lifestyle say? When you get up and you, do you ask God for wisdom, number one. Number two, when he gives you wisdom, do you act on it? Uh, num- number three, when you don't see fruit or if you, if you see fruit, do you do more of it? If you don't see fruit, do you, do you, do you prune yourself or do you, do you do something different? 
That's what it means to be invited in and leave. Verse seven. Whoever corrects a scoffer, you got it? I got it. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abused, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. All right, now, ooh, ooh. You know, I was, we talked about Wild Jam, and I just went back. Uh, I spent the last three days in the inner city kind of ministering to, to, to different people. And um, one guy showed up, and he knew I was a, a, a preacher, so, so he just started saying, I knew him. And I thought I had led him to the Lord at one time, but he went to jail. He got out. He'd become a Muslim and he started scoffing and he started mocking. And while I was ministering to people, he kept saying, yo, God, he said, what, what you call your God? He said, Alpha. And I, oh, I, I thought it was it was going to be a positive thing. Omega. He said, yeah, so your God has a beginning and an end. He said, your God is dead. He said, and so what God can die? He said, your God ain't, and, and you know, he just went, I mean, just went all, the, everything that I had just done preaching the gospel to these people, he is undoing it, like, and everything, and, 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 I, and, and, I, and I'm like, I know, don't, he's a scoffer. You can't, the scripture goes on to say, you can't reprove a fool. You, you'll heap strokes on yourself, and I, 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 I. so, but they'll do it themselves. So I waited. I said, Lord, he, he's just messing my whole thing up. I waited, I waited, I waited, I waited, I waited. And then he got in his car and he started playing the foulest music you ever want to hear. And it was loud. And I, and I walked over to the people that I was talking to. I said, does, does the God he served, because he was talking about Allah, does, does that sound like a God you want to follow? And I didn't have, that's all I said. And they said, no. And it opened up the door and I said, I said, sir, do you want me to f- follow you? He said, no, I'll lead you to hell. He said, I was just trying to, you know, to give them a counter point of view. He's a scoffer. They're always counter to what God has to say. There's no need in you trying to talk to them, talk them out of their faith or or, or try to fix them, they just, they just not going to listen. But he says to the wise, what's that next verse say? Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. Is that the end of that section? Then it goes into the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah, keep going. Okay. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now let's stop. So when you run into people, and, and remember it says wisdom has sent out its maidens. Go, go back to that verse that says wisdom has sent out its maidens. Because now I'm going to put it all together and show it to you. Verse 3. Thanks, everybody. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places. In Just the like we are called to go out and be evangelists, wisdom not only is speaking to you, Wisdom is not just building a house. Wisdom has evangelists out there telling you, don't do that. Do this. Here's how you should think. Here's, here's, here's what you do. Trying to convince you to, to do the right things and to say the right things. And the first thing wisdom's going to do is says, you need a relationship with the Lord if you want a relationship with me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You can't have wisdom without the Lord. You can't, you can't really have it. 
You can't because you can have the information, you can have the knowledge, but you won't have his correct application. Because that's what God gives. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you want, remember in Proverbs 8, it says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and all you're getting, get an understanding. Wisdom is better than rubies. It's better than gold. It's better than silver. It's how, how people rule. There's nothing can be compared with it. Those that love life, love wisdom. Those that hate life, they don't seek wisdom. So wisdom got all these great things to give to you. It's made all these great things available. You got to make a decision whether you accept or you reject the fear. If you ex- reject the Lord, though, you can't have the wisdom. So it makes no sense. The number one thing you need to do in people's life is not give them wisdom. Is what my point here. You need to give them the Lord. A lot of times we walk up to people and we try to tell them how to live. Hey, you should live different. You should think different. You should walk different. They're just going to dismiss you. They can't hear you. The number one thing that they need is the fear of the Lord. And to have the fear of the Lord, they need the gospel preached to them. And when you preach the gospel to people, that's their only opportunity to come into a relationship with the Lord, to create an ear to hear the thus saith the Lord, and he's going to give them the wisdom that they need. They're going to reject him otherwise. He said, if you, if you reprove a wise man, he'll love you be yet wiser because he has the fear of the Lord. If you reprove a fool, he'll scoff at you. He'll hate you. He'll hate you. He'll say, you're judging me. How many people do you walk up, might have identity issues, might have different issues, and you try to give them a correction and they can't hear you? This is why you don't go up to people who are living the life that a sinner would live and tell them how to change their life, change their ways, change their behavior. When I was just ministering in in the hood, I was sitting there, don't do what I do. But I walked up on them when they were rolling up all their dope and smoking all their dope, and they don't run away from me because they let me preach to them while they're getting high. So, hey, look, you just do what works. You know, you don't have to, it's no sense in me saying, y'all don't need to get high. You know what it does to your brain cells. They're not going to hear that wisdom. But when I tell them that Jesus loves them and that he wants a relationship with them, when they're in the midst of something, their conscience is already telling them this wrong. Now they're open to what the Lord has to say. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and to depart from evil is understanding. That is, what, what, what is the next part after the fear of the Lord says? For by me your days will be multiplied and years will be added to your life. You can't get more years without the Lord. Right. I'm telling you, I, I, I was over there the other day and talking to people that was 40 that looked like they're 60. The, the years are taken, but watch this. But when you have wisdom, God, they're, they're finding things out there now that can reverse the aging process. Nowadays, when you have the wisdom of the Lord, because he can give you, you can get younger. Your organs can get healthier. You can have cellular regeneration. You can, you, you can extend your life. Do you know we're living longer now than we were uh, several decades ago? God is doing an amazing work on the, in the earth. Read. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. Hold on. I want to let you know what folly means. You know what folly means? You're going to love this. Anybody know? Stupid. The woman of folly is stupid. The woman of folly is loud. The woman of folly is seductive. 
The woman of folly knows nothing. Folly is those who reject wisdom, reject the correct application of knowledge, and want to bring other people into their bad behavior, but they know nothing. Convincing you to come into their way, but they know nothing. And where they take you is pointless. Verse 14. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by, who are going straight to their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. There are people in this world who will give you foolish wisdom that actually brings you further away from God than closer to God. They tell you, do what you feel, do what you think. Other people are doing it. Why can't you? They tell you to have it your way, to do it your way, and they eliminate what God's way is or what God's word is. I'm here to tell you that if you listen to that voice against the voice of wisdom, this voice of folly shows up at every place the voice of wisdom does. It shows up on the way. This says that folly shows up on the way to wisdom's house. It says when you are walking the right way, it shows up. So you didn't do anything wrong, but be a Christian, live right. And then folly comes and tries to interrupt your life. Folly comes and tries to spoil what God has planned for you. And, that, and, and, and if you allow this to happen, you'll miss it. Let me tell you the number one thing folly tries to do, to steal your voice. We've been talking about wild jam. And I want to conclude with a thought about this. It's amazing to me how many people yesterday were still open to the gospel, but they were doing some really wild and foolish things, destructive things. But it's something special that happens when they hear the right voice, not the voice of correction of their behavior, but the correction of, of love and of the God that we serve. Then something changes. Wisdom is available for believers and salvation is available for non-believers so that they can have wisdom. And if you have that information, if you have that power, why won't you and why won't I share it? The last three days of my life have been spent with the vulnerable and the hurting and the unknowing. Because when you walk in the way of wisdom, you walk out God's will for your life. God's will for your life it's not to sit on the sidelines for life, waiting for your next blessing and trying not to sin. That's how believers live. They just wait in their house, trying not to sin and then waiting on a blessing. I just trying not to sin and I'm waiting on a blessing. Oh, if I just stop sinning and I get blessed, I'll have life. If you don't want to sin, go do his work. If you want to go a blessing, go do his work. If you, I asked you to pray for wisdom last time. Now I'm asking if you fear the Lord, I'm asking him to give you wisdom on how to live a purposeful life. Move in God's house, sure. Move, move in the house of wisdom. But it's not for you to stay there and just get spiritually fat. 
It's always a purpose. God will take care of you so that you can advance the kingdom and take care of others. Stand to your feet and let's pray. Lord, I'm praying right now in the mighty name of Jesus that we can have some fresh work done in our heart, done in our mind, done in our life. I'm not asking just for wisdom. I'm not asking just for uh, a breakthrough in my life or a breakthrough in our own life or to become rich or, or to get all of these delicacies. God, I'm asking that we become hungry for your will. And to get your will, you said, don't get drunk with wine, but be being filled with the Spirit. Would you fill us freshly with your Spirit tonight that we might have divine direction, that we might get divine clues, that we might walk into other people's lives and make the Savior of the world known to other people. God, can you burn out selfishness in us? Can you burn out all of these individual desires that cloud our judgment from doing your will? And God, may we be people who walk in fear, who don't mind being reproved. You said if we, re, if we correct a wise man, he'll love us and be yet wiser. I pray that when people heard the correction tonight, they got wiser and they loved each other, they loved you more. I pray, God, that we would have wisdom as we minister to our family members, as we minister to those who are broken. You will have wisdom as we lift them up in their life. God, as we leave this place, we pray you would be with us and you would go with us. Keep us in the center of your will. And that's the apple of your eye in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise.